So there is a lot of what I like to call remembering of ourselves that goes on in this intuitive um, process. We're really remembering who we are and we're each so unique. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life show. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and a paper and get ready to learn. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Nicole. I'm excited to have you here and have you obviously share tons of wisdom with us, but also hear a bit more about your journey to where you are today. So welcome. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, so just a little bit about me. Um, I love to call myself a recovering academic and healthcare provider turned um, intuitive development facilitator. So in a nutshell, I have a background in healthcare and academia. And for many years, I siloed my spiritual gifts, um, you know, and kept them very separate from my professional roles. And in the last five years, I have been able to combine everything and package package it up beautifully. And what I really do now is help um, high achieving women really tap into their own intuition so they can up level and really feel empowered and step into that next level of greatness they know is within them. So beautiful. Yeah. And that's how you and I were connected. One of my team members works with you personally. And I was so impressed by her. She's someone who's been in our community since 2015. And she told me she'd hired someone to help her with her intuition. And I was thinking to myself, how many people you know, don't know to do that, number one. And number two, don't actually take the steps and recognize how important it actually is. And so I'd love for us to cover that first and foremost, a little bit about, um, yeah, just what is your intuition? I know that that sounds like a silly question because most people think that they know, but how would you define intuition? And then we'll talk about the importance of it and a few more things. Sure. So, you know, I say everybody has intuition. So we may experience it differently. And some people have heard of like the Claire's, um, but the Claire's just really let you know which one of your senses is really picking up on the information coming through. And so what is the Claire's? So that, Sorry to interrupt you. So the Claire's are like if you're clairvoyant, clairsentient, oh, clairaudient. Um, those are those are what we typically hear. If you go Googling um, intuition, it's going to come up that there's these different Claire's. However, each of those are just associated with this with one of our senses. So what I find in working with people is we're we may be predominantly one or naturally gifted in one, but we have the capability of using all of them and. And we know scientifically, um, you know, with my healthcare background, we are hardwired. There are glands in our body. We were set up, right, to be instinctual um, beings, and it's just been conditioned out of us um, over a period of time. So when I'm working with someone, I usually say, oh, my gosh, remember like a time where you just had a feeling about something, like that person's going to call me or oh my gosh, I just shouldn't, like, I think I should go to work later today. I mean, just something overpowers you, right? I always say, go back in your mind or, you know, relive that. Where were you feeling it? Were you feeling it? Like, were you seeing it like a vision in your mind? Was it like a feeling in your chest? Was it something like more gut? We talk about our gut feelings and gut instinct. Like, where did you get that feeling? Because that helps us start to uncover and gain evidence around how your intuition works specifically for you. So good. So did you have, um, I'm curious to know, cause you went from like academia to the work that you do today, even though I know you combine things, but what was it that actually led you to want to dive more into this work around intuition? Yeah. So actually it was like a very, uh, synchronistic uh, event that happened. So 
We adopted our daughter in 2016, and right after she turned one in 2017, I had I had not said no to anyone. I was the ultimate people pleaser. I never took like a break from work. I taught a lot online. I was leading some programs at the university. Uh, but what ultimately happened is by March of 2017, I had burnt myself out. And I literally woke up one morning, had excruciating pain down my neck, down into my right um, hand, I had like limited sensation and I ended up having a herniated disc in my neck with no known injury. Other than for several weeks prior to, I was waking up in the morning, grinding my teeth, my chin to my chest. So I most likely created it, but it was because of all this pressure, you know, I, and, and being the overachiever. And I had to lay in bed that whole weekend listening to a baby cry, my mom helping, my husband doing everything. And I just laid there and I knew then like, enough is enough. Um, there's other women out there that probably feel like me that can't say no. And that really prompted me um, to go back and do a coaching certification. And it was through the coaching certification that I really started having like more intuitive hits. They had slowly been coming. It was something I always like dabbled in, um, but that specific, instance was literally like God telling me, okay, if you're not going to stop, I'm going to stop you. I'm yeah. going to stop you right now. And I'm going to make it really clear what your next steps are. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Sometimes life does it for you and it's up yeah. to us to, to answer that calling. Yeah. I've had similar moments where I recognize I'm not on the right path. I know that there was, um, one experience a few years ago where I woke up and I literally felt breathless and I knew why I was feeling that way. It was basically because I was about to launch something that wasn't aligned for me. And we literally had the whole thing mapped out and we ended up scrapping it. And I told my team, I was like, we're not doing this. We're canceling the launch, canceling the program. And that really helped me kind of steer the ship in a different direction. Um, but what do you say to people who maybe their whole lives they've had intuitive moments like what we're describing and yet that level of trust isn't there or maybe the level of freedom isn't there. Or they don't think it is and they can't just change something up or take a course or they're not brave enough to do so. What do you say to that person? Yes. Yeah, so if you're working with me one-on-one, -on -one, there's a whole process we go through, but high level, what I do with people is I have my intuitive formula that has specific steps that I just encourage people to start doing on a daily basis. They're very simple. It's like really getting back to basics, but it does help you start to tap in and really trust what's coming through. It makes you more of that clear channel. You know, life right now, it's complicated. We have a lot of technology. We have a lot of information just coming at us day in and day out. And so through a lot of these steps, it's really just helping people reorient to their environment, to the natural world, to what we were hardwired to really interpret in the first place. So part of it is releasing, but it's taking those intentional steps daily to connect with self and connect with nature and start to tune out the extraneous components in our lives that aren't really serving us. Yeah. Would you be willing to share one example? Like you said, is it, is it taking a walk in nature and that can help you reconnect? Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. And I can go over a few of them. So I always tell people first and foremost, like try to get that seven to eight hours of sleep every night. Our brains need it. The glands in our body that really help us tap into our instincts. We, we need to be well rested. We know that for a million medical reasons, right? We can Google that. However, it's very important to our intuition um, as well. So we're getting in those different states of sleep each night. And then I always recommend whenever possible, when you first wake up in the morning, 
don't grab your phone. <laughs> you know, it's so tempting. Everybody wants to see what's going on. Don't look at your notifications. Um, really set your intention. Call your energy back to yourself. Set your intention right there when you're laying in bed. And it can be simple. Today is going to be a great day, right? Today, I release what doesn't serve me. But whatever you feel you're wanting to call in, then I encourage people, if you, if you can get some sunlight first thing in the morning. It's called sun gazing goes back there's there's ancient civilizations you know there's there's documentation of how this worked it controls our circadian rhythm so getting outside if it's before dawn and you can see the sun on the horizon like looking at it with your eyes of course if it's too bright you can't do that but it's closing your eyes letting the sun just hit your skin doing that 10 to 15 minutes a day is so invigorating and it does help you then fall asleep um, later at night and then i always say water getting our water in and staying well hydrated. And um, yes, gentle body movement. So like a five minute walk in nature and then calling your energy back before you go to bed at night. You know, and when we think of our energy, we do think sometimes of it more negative, like, oh, I need to call my energy back. <gasps> Gosh, I get, you know, who did I give it to that I shouldn't have given it to? However, we need to call it back from even the positive, like what we view as a positive thing. So like, I'm a mom. I need to call my energy back, right, from the energy I've poured into my child all day so that I can replenish that and be ready to give that to her again the next day. And that goes for all of our relationships, our work. You know, the things we're most passionate about, we probably need to be that much more mindful about calling our energy back from that for that reset while we sleep at night because then we're bringing the freshest, purest version of our energy to the next day. That's so interesting. I never thought about actually calling my energy back. So is it a matter of like visualizing the energy coming back to you or do you actually say something? Yeah. So I have a recorded version um, on my Insight Timer channel. So I can definitely, it's free. I can give you that link. You know, people would be able okay. to access it. I always say once you do that a few times, you can really do it for yourself. Some people like the guided part of it. Uh, but yes, that's really what it is. You just start to picture like, where did my energy go all day? Like, and it can get simple, like it went to that book I'm reading, that awesome fiction book that's, I find it really exciting, but I gave it my energy. You know what I mean? It can go to um, all those relationships I talked about, maybe the show you just watched, right? To relax before you went to bed. But I call all those things to mind. And it's literally like seeing your energy out there and then allowing it to come back in. And the way I visualize it too, it's like our energy, it has a ripple effect, right? So it goes out globally. So it's about calling that energy back. Maybe you saw something in the news. So now your energy is halfway around the globe <laughs> in that story. You know what I mean? That you listen to that's still in the back of your mind as you're trying to fall asleep. So you're literally just calling it all back. You can call it back with love. You know, it doesn't mean you're abandoning people or causes that you feel really passionate about. It's literally that you're loving yourself enough to bring it all back mm -hmm. to yourself at night because we need our own energy. We're not very productive people if we're not really harnessing our true potential that's within each of us, that life force energy that we each bring. Wow. So if someone's doing all of those steps and they're starting to feel more intuitive, well, number one, how would you know if your intuition is getting stronger? What does that actually look like? Yes. Yeah, so I send all my clients on, they're gathering evidence, right? So for a long time, I ran um, a free event called the Intuition Experiment. And so for a full week, everyone was gathering evidence. We were doing these steps, gathering evidence. Um, but it's like, it's keeping the notebook. So it is, it's like setting the intention and you can start with small things, you know, so a lot of people um, will start with like intuitive eating, 
I don't recommend that, you know, if you've had issues with food or anything like that in the past. However, if you if you haven't had that, you know, and you're not recovering from anything like that, um, you can start really low bar, <laughs> you know, with, okay, it's time for lunch. These are my choices. And you can hold the food. You can visualize what it's going to be like to eat it. And then you can make your decision. And then you can see later, like, how do I feel? Do I have more energy? Did it really nourish me? Am I sad that I didn't pick the other thing? But you're starting to gain you know what I mean? That evidence. If you're feeling a strong pull to one food and you eat the other, and then you're like running to the bathroom later, right? Or you have indigestion, then you have your evidence. Oh, I probably should have gone with the one that I was leaning more towards. Um, I really love to get clients to do this around their work day. Like, what's the next thing that you want to do? I know you may have two competing to-do lists, things you want to do things you have to do, things that nobody else is going to do unless you do them and you really don't want to do them, right? Like there could be multiple lists, but how can we start to play with that and like really feel in like which one needs to happen next for things to flow appropriately, you know, and flow in a way that feels good and easy for me um, today. And there's lots of other fun exercises. You can write yes or no on pieces of paper. This is really fun to do and you flip them over so you don't know and you mix them up and then you just like hold each one around the question you're asking. Again, I say you do this with things that are not high, yeah. <laughs> high stakes things at first. Um, but yeah, you just feel in and then you take the steps. That's the thing. We can get a million intuitive hits all day, but if you don't take the aligned action steps and actually lean in, you're never going to gain any evidence. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit more because mm -hmm. I talk about this in terms of desires, which as you're explaining intuition, it sounds very similar in many ways. Um, and I'll cover, come back to that point. But I know that for me, one of my biggest moments of following my intuition and following my desires was when I was about to go to grad school and driving from Ohio mm -hmm. to Chicago and literally turn the car around. And oftentimes those intuitive hits, as you call them, it seems like they can often seem, seem crazy, especially when we get to yes. the big ones, because it's like, this doesn't make any sense. I should be following this path. This is what I decided to do. Now I'm feeling something completely different, or this is really big. I don't even know how to do this. Why am I being led to do it? So I'm curious to know, you know, from that perspective, as somebody is starting to strengthen their intuitive muscles, how do they also develop the trust in themselves to know that it's safe to take the action? Yes. Well, when you're gathering the small nuggets of evidence, that's naturally building you up. You know what I mean? To be so like that example you're giving, you just knew you just turned around. Now, you probably could have gone ahead. Like even if you turned around, you probably could have gone back. Right. There was probably some element of it's not totally final. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not completely out of the question. Maybe I'll go somewhere else for grad school or maybe it'll work out this. Like there's a lot of what ifs and maybes. You just knew in your body in that moment, like this is not aligned for me. And so that's actually what you get to trust. As funny as that may sound to people that are trying to trust when it truly feels out of alignment, there's something off. There's something off. You know what I mean? Um, I've had similar, you know what I mean? Experiences where, I mean, I had a new job for a period of time in academia that I'd only had for two months. Nothing about it felt good. And I just went in and this was never me. But I told them, like, I'm done. I'll stay another month and then I'm done. And honestly, on the other side of that, it freed up a lot of space and a lot of wonderful things happened. But in that scary moment, we get to choose ourselves, right? So many times we're conditioned, right? I was conditioned. Well, you don't give up. You don't quit. 
right? There's a lot of conditioning there from our parents, from society, from educational systems. Um, and so we are kind of like bucking <laughs> the trend, right? And we're, we're actually leaning into our own individual patterns, like how we truly are uh, wired to get through life. So I always say when you get that out of alignment feeling, it may not be as drastic as, okay, I'm turning around, right? Or I'm going in and, and quitting this job. But what it could be for you is, I am going to say no to like this next meeting. And I'm going to think on it a little bit longer. And we're all uniquely designed to take a certain amount of time in making decisions as well. And we get to honor that. And that's another thing that's been conditioned out of us. We're told like we need to make answers quickly and we need to do this. You might miss an opportunity. So there is a lot of what I like to call remembering of ourselves that goes on in this intuitive um, process. We're really remembering who we are and we're each so unique. Hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And I agree with you. And I think that there's so much conditioning around making intellectual decisions. Um, so how important it is, is it to go from the intellectual, you know, the mind into more of the heart when you're going through this process? Yes. Yeah, so that's the first thing that I always tell people is we're going to use our logical mind less. And there's this whole concept called like the eye of the heart. We're going to see with our heart. We're going to lean in um, with our heart. And even in doing that, depending on different trauma, different things people have gone through, it can be hard to open up that heart space. But scientifically, we now know through heart math that our heart, like that energy of our heart actually resonates at the same frequency as the earth itself. So we're all connected in this energy. So it's no wonder, right, in the world right now, we're all feeling discombobulated out of sorts because we're resonating. We feel what the collective feels, whether we're directly involved in the day-to-day -day or not. So even when we turn off the news, we can limit our intake. Doesn't mean we won't still feel it on some level. Um, but I always tell people, it's a matter of how do you drop from your mind into your heart? And what I like to do, because that can be difficult, it's like, well, I don't know. Like, I still feel like I'm, I'm in my mind. You know, that's what people always say. So I like to combine that, that knowingness of the heart, that knowledge of the heart with the power of like our third eye. And we know the third eye, scientifically, um, our pineal gland actually has a lot to do with our intuition in that third eye um, space. And that's, that's a gland um, in our brain. So I always tell people, if you can close your eyes, and you can imagine like a beam of light projecting from your heart space and a beam of light projecting from that third eye space and they meet in the middle. It's almost like they're forming a screen, right? If you, if you go to the like drive-in movie theater, right? Back in the day, but you have that big screen, you close your eyes and you allow those two spaces, those two energetic points to show you, like let that image project out and let your heart tell you, like, what is really meant for you? What do I need to learn about this? What do I need to know? Um, and you may have to do it several times. But that concept is very similar to a lot of what, um, if you've read Dr. Joe Dispenza's books, um, that concept is very similar to what he does, you know, and he's studied that and there's scientific evidence um, as well. So it's much, it's much more, it's much simpler, right, than, than we believe. We like to make things more complicated what our conscious mind likes to do um but you know our conscious mind is only like four percent and our subconscious is 96 percent. so we're letting four percent freak us out all day prevent us from stepping in um to the next thing because we're trying to make the logical choice so that would be a really easy practice just to start doing how do you create your own projection screen between your third eye and your heart space and really lean in to that information that you're getting
Totally. And we have some entrepreneurs who are listening to this podcast. And so I'm curious to know, based on you know everything you just said and, and maybe some other tips, what happens if somebody is starting a business, they're getting guidance about how to grow, how to market, how to do all the things. And intuitively, it just doesn't feel aligned. Not the business itself, but the steps they're being advised to take or what they're seeing other people do out there in the world. How do you differentiate between what is potentially a fear upper limit or a moment of intuition where it's like, actually, I need to do this in a different way. And heading in that direction is actually going to give them everything they want. Yes. So I will say we're moving into a time where for all the entrepreneurs out there, they've probably already noticed people are starting to shift the way they're marketing online. We're in this time where people are like, the old way isn't working. We need something new. And I feel like part of that is number one, because people have caught on, like everybody's been doing similar things for a long time. So once the pattern is recognizable, right, everyone else's conscious mind is like, I don't know if I want to buy from somebody that's marketing that way. The other side of it is that if you have, and sometimes I think of it as we're given like um, a protocol or an algorithm, right? Like my background's in healthcare. So there's there's an algorithm we might follow for something. And that's very much what's happened in that marketing space. People are following the algorithm. Doesn't mean the algorithm is in alignment for your particular energy. So if you've tried the thing and you've tried it and you follow the steps, right? And you're still hitting the brick wall, then I would say you get to lean into your intuition, right? That's probably not an upper limit thing. Like you've tried it, you've tried it every which way you're like exhausted. You're looking for the next solution that would tell me, okay, I think it's out of alignment another way um, for you. You know, whereas if you're like, oh, well, I did two posts the way they told me, you know, in that class that I went to and uh, nobody responded or it was really low engagement. I think I'm done with that. Um, then I would say, okay, well, there's some resistance there. So that'd be a different exercise, right? Like, let's get through the resistance and see what's for you on the other side of that. Um, but when it comes to marketing and I'm like, I don't know, I I've never done anything the way people have told me because the other work I do a lot with, which you and I, you know, have talked about is I use a lot of human design. I use human design as a tool, um, in my work. So I, when I learned my human design, I was like, well, no wonder none of these things are working for me. Like they're really out of alignment for my energy. But what I will say is that you can take what you've been taught, okay? The one, the the marketing strategies you feel most drawn to, you can take those and you can do that exercise between the heart and the third eye. You can create that projector and say, show me, how do I use this strategy in a way that aligns for me? And so that's what I've done with a lot of things I've learned. And so it may look tweaked. It may look a little bit different but I do in a way that flows and is easy for me. And then there's results on the other side of that. But it it most likely wasn't what I was told in the class or the master class or from the coach. (laughs) Mm. And before we get into human design, I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know from a mom perspective, what have you done to support your daughter in developing her intuition as she gets older? I mean, I feel like kids are probably way more intuitive than us anyway, but what have you done to to help her either notice that and make decisions from that place or strengthen it? Yeah. So the big thing I think is really important for kids and in healthcare, I was a pediatric nurse practitioner. So I'm I'm really well-trained in the physiology of children, you know, developmental and all of those pieces. So what I do with my daughter is I'll ask her, how does it feel in your body? Not how is she feeling about it in her mind? Because 
developmentally, depending on where they're like, how old they are, their brain is only at a certain developmental level level. They can't always explain why they're crying. You know, a child can't always tell you the rhyme or reason for what's going on. Um, so we spend a lot of time talking about how does it feel in your body and where do you feel it? Do you feel it here? I'll point to the part. And when we get there, it's like, how does it feel? Is it swirling? Is it this? So that she can start to lean into, oh, like that's a good feeling versus this is a bad feeling, right? And sometimes we cry because we're overly excited, right? And we're overcome with emotion. And sometimes we cry because we're really sad. Um, and I'm trying to help her learn that too, that you can have lots of different emotions and you could have the same one and it could mean two different um, things. So I feel like that's a really good way to work with your child um, around it. You know, she's exposed to a lot of things though with the work that I do. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, she'll yeah. like want to, she'll want to pull a card. She'll <laughs> want to, you know, let's say a special prayer, you know, let's, we, we do all kinds of different things, but the, I think the greatest thing we can do for our kids is let them feel things in their body because that's one of the things that really gets conditioned out of children at a young age, like stifle your emotions, suck it up. You're going to be fine. Right. We're all told that. Um, and so we really cut off that mind body connection at a young age. Totally. Yeah. And I love your point around the emotions feeling similar, um, or like the tears or whatever it may be. I know in the big leap, Gay Hendricks talks about how fear is just excitement without breath. And I always mm -hmm. thought that was so beautiful, especially for those of us who are making big decisions on a regular basis or taking big leaps, that fear often comes up and sometimes it's actually excitement and we can't differentiate between the two. So it's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, um, we started to touch on human design and I want to go in mm -hmm. that direction a little bit. Now for everyone listening, we have done a whole episode on human design already. It's episode 291. So you don't need to, um, we don't need to, you know, go into every single detail with human design, but I want to come back to that piece that you touched on around decision-making. So first, mm -hmm. can you give us uh, a little bit of an overview of the types of, um, human design, and then we can talk specifically around the decision-making piece. Yes. Yes. So um, the types are, you can be a manifester, um, a manifesting generator, a generator, a projector, or a reflector. So I'll just give very brief. If you're a manifester, you're the big idea person. <laughs> if you're the generator, you're the hustle, get it done person. If you're the manifesting generator, you're the great hybrid. <laughs> you're the idea person and you want to do some of the work um, and you let, you're multi-passionate. You know, if you're a manifesting generator, if you're a projector, you're really here to be the wise guide not meant to work the normal eight to five, you know, or nine to five, um, but you really see how all the pieces should fit together, systems type of people. Um, and then if you're a reflector, you're really here to reflect everything you're feeling, sensing, seeing back to all the other types. So I call the reflector the great evaluator because that's what they're really here to do for us. Um, in terms of decision-making, a lot of that will have to do with your specific um, authority and human design. So, you know, you could be an emotional authority, you could be um, a splenic authority, you could be self-projected, you could be mental. So it can get really, really specific. I'll go over the, just briefly, the ones that are most important. So um, if you have emotional authority, which tends to be a lot of the population, um, your, your emotions are really here to guide you and to be like that internal um, GPS for you. And so what's happened so many times is 
you've been told to turn your emotions off or, oh, can't trust your emotions or you're overly emotional. So I, I definitely can't trust how my emotions are making me feel about, about this, you know, in terms of being the guidepost, right, or, or pointing you in the right direction. So with emotional authority, you shouldn't make a decision right there in the moment. Um, it doesn't mean sometimes you can just take like five minutes, right? Sometimes you might need a whole day. Um, and I always say if you have emotional authority, if it's making you like really, really happy, you probably need to wait it out. If it's making you really, really mad or upset or anxious, you probably should feel into it a little bit more and not give a split, you know, split second decision. Um, sometimes when people feel in the middle, like, oh, that's when they want to like really give that yes or no right in the moment. And I even say then, that's when you just like take five minutes, run to the bathroom, run to your car, just see how you feel when you're out of the energy of the people that are presenting you um, with the opportunity. And that could really go. For a lot of the types, if you have emotional authority, if you have splenic authority, you actually get like an intuitive hit um, right in the moment with splenic authority. Now, what you have to fine tune is learning what that intuitive hit is for you because it happens and it's gone. It's not coming back. Um, so people with splenic authority, you can get really tuned in like, oh, I get that that rate. My heart races a little or oh, I get the flutter, you know what I mean, in my stomach. And then you get to start to you know, tease out for yourself. Okay. Is it good? Is it, is it pointing me in? Yes. Is it pointing me towards no? Like, where's it actually directing me? Um, for me, I'm mental authority, meaning my environment is how I make my decisions. So I have to take in everything going on, um, around me. If you're more self-projected, you have to talk it through, you know what I mean? With someone. Um, and then if you're just pure, like sacral authority, you can actually be the hell yes or hell no. Um, right in the moment. If we're thinking about the types, um, you know, if you're a manifester, you're really here to share your ideas. And so you need to share them in a way that the timing's correct and your audience is correct. That's the biggest roadblock that manifestors come up against um, in terms of leaning into their intuition. They're so excited about all the ideas. They just want to get them all out. And really they could use their intuition a little bit more to tap in and say, oh, wait, this is not the people. Oh, these are the people. Like just giving themselves that little bit of extra time because then the ideas are going to land better. Um, generators, it's really about feeling into the opportunities in front of you when people bring the opportunities to you. And and that those are opportunities you present to yourself too. We forget like we're presenting ourselves with opportunities um, all day long as well. And then the manifesting generator, um, really, like I said, it's that hybrid. So they get to lean into oh, I'm multi-passionate. I want to be doing all the things. And sometimes for a manifesting generator, it's using your intuition to know, okay, I'm not abandoning all the things, but right now I need to be, like, be working on these three things. And these two are going to have to wait because sometimes you're in burnout, you know, as a manifesting generator, because you're trying to do all the things. Yep. And while you have a lot of bandwidth, <laughs> there's just not always quite, you don't want to burn out. There's not all the bandwidth where yeah. you need to be able to delegate um, effectively. So even using your intuition um, and delegation and then for projectors, and many times this works for reflectors too, projectors have to be invited. Um, so we're waiting for the invitation. Without the invitation, right, we're not really following our, and we can follow our intuition, but without the invitation, it's probably not going to land or it's going to be off-putting um, to people because it's going to be too much, you know what I mean, um, all at once. And so reflectors are the ones that have every energy center open um, since everyone's familiar with human design. And so, you know, for the reflector, they really have to wait on big decisions like 28 days. 
like the full lunar um, cycle. So reflectors are only 1% again. So um, it can be frustrating when you do work with a reflector. I have met a few reflectors that do own businesses. Um, and the ones that are most successful are the ones that have used their intuition to really build out the team mm -hmm. to support them. So that they can evaluate what their team's doing on a regular basis. And that feels very in alignment for them. So good. And um, for everyone listening, if you want to know more about this, we'll link in the show notes. And also we have a special offer with Nicole to get a reading done um, alongside your child. I know that you also have offers to get a, a single reading done. So we can link all of that because I'm sure people are super interested. So in talking about the combination of like the family dynamics, you recently did a beautiful reading for our daughter, Charlotte, when she was mm -hmm. just a few weeks old. And we wanted to do that right away because we knew we wanted to understand, number one, what sort of type was she in terms of human design? She's a manifester. And how do we interact with her and really just support her in becoming more of who she is and really accepting who she is and the way that she moves through the world. And then we got into, you know, how do we work as a family unit? And turns out she and James are very similar. And so luckily I have many years of understanding him and learning to understand him. Um, but that was so, so powerful for us. And it was so fascinating. And I'm super passionate about other people doing this so that they can better understand their kids. Because I know one of the things we talked about during our session was oftentimes these personality traits and the ways in which we naturally move through the world, would they get kind of hammered out of us because it's not seen as the way to be the most productive or whatever. Um, and so can you speak a little bit about how powerful it is to not only know about your own human design, but to understand your children or those in your family? Oh, yes. Well, it can be a real game changer in your household. I mean, um, just practically speaking, right? Like we're, we're, we all live with people most likely. And even if you are still single, right? Or live alone, you're still interacting with people and your extended family or your friend group. So we have those people, right? That just trigger us and we don't know why. And they may not trigger other people the way they trigger us. And when we actually understand our human design and those around us, the number one thing it does, it just creates a lot more compassion and understanding because things we once maybe thought someone had total control over, like they're just doing that to annoy me. They know that gets under my skin. You know, our internal dialogue then changes to, oh, they're doing that because, you know, they're this, this, and this. And it also allows each of us to like own our own strengths and weaknesses in a whole new way, which is really empowering. So my example is I'm a projector and I live in a house with two generators. So there's a lot of energy. They both put off a lot of energy and I absorb a lot of their energy because I have more open centers than them. So there's times where I can just feel it like building in the house and I'm like, okay, they're pretty okay with the back and forth and dialogue, but I'm like, oh, I'm like tapped out. Like I've had enough. And so I will, I'm like, I'm just going to walk down to the laundry room, you know, or I'm going to go upstairs. I'll be upstairs for a little while, but I just need to like get away and release some of that extra energy I'm holding um, for all of them. Where in the past, before I understood it better, it would have been me like, ah, oh, probably blowing up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like storming off up the stairs. Like, gosh, what is wrong? Why is everyone bothering me right now about this? Um, but now that I understand it, I can remove myself without escalating. You know what I mean? Um, 
in terms of my daughter, there's a lot in um, her human design around like creativity and open-mindedness and um, you know, just not, not quite as like structured the way we're conditioned to be structured. And so what that's created in our household is like open spaces for art and art supplies um, all over the place. You know, we do a lot of storytelling, um, you know, when it, when it comes time and she's like been trying out different sports, if she signs up for one, and then doesn't like it, she doesn't have to sign up again. Now, when she's in it, she has to finish it, right? And honor the commitment. Um, but there's not that pressure to, well, you're gonna really like gymnastics and you're gonna keep going back until you like it, you know, because this one person said they saw potential in you. Um, there's less attachment to the outcome in terms of maybe parental expectation. Um, and it allows her to just really be and show up in her full gifting and her full essence and have a lot of safety in trying um, new things. That's so great. Yeah. And I know human design has been huge, even just in my working relationship with James. And so for anyone mm -hmm. listening who has a team or is looking to bring on a team member, it can really help you to understand who to put in what spot and also how the team is actually going to work together. Yes. So we'll link all of that <laughs> in the show notes. And I also have iheartmylife.com slash human design set up to give people that special opportunity to purchase through you um, and work with you directly. So we'll get all of that linked up. Um, but I'm curious to know, as we close off, where can people find you online? Where can they learn more about this incredible work that you do? Yeah, well, you can find me on Facebook. So I have my Facebook profile. Um, I have a free insight timer um, teacher uh, channel. So you can find me Dr. Nicole Garitano on insight timer. Like we said before, I don't do all the traditional <laughs> uh, marketing pieces. So I do have an Instagram, I'm in and out of there. But I always say, send me a direct message um, through Facebook Messenger, I get back to everyone that way. You're welcome to email me. And if you get on my Facebook, my link trees on there and it links you out to a lot of other um, resources that I provide as well. Perfect. And the final question we ask all of our guests is what is one way that people can create a life that's better than their dreams and far exceeds their expectations? Mm, that's really good. I would say it is making that wholehearted commitment to trust yourself and trust whatever you believe your higher power to be unapologetically and be all in all in on that co-creation because that's really where it's at we're all here co-creating we're not just in a vacuum and when you can lean in that there's a higher power guiding you in some way and trust more really the sky's the limit right the impossible becomes very possible I think so much about this conversation as well is um, about permission. Like once you have mm -hmm. that intuitive hit and you have that trust and you know the next step is action for so many people, especially women, it's like they just need to give themselves permission. Yes. Yes. And the other word that's been coming up for me a lot is consent. Mm. This idea of consent, you know, and that inner dialogue with ourselves or we're giving ourselves permission and then consenting to taking the action. Love it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. 
And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. That's hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review. Because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.